This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what's the first thing you would do? Get outside more? Check in on that friend you've been meaning to catch up with? Maybe learn how to play an instrument? I know I've thought about what I would do with more time in my day, and many people daydream about what they might do in that scenario. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your actual schedule is to know what's important to you and take whatever reasonable steps you can to make those things more of a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Therapy is not just for people who've experienced major traumas. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire that will match you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash FilmDaily. This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its six-year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily. Today is Thursday, December 14th, 2023. On today's episode of the show, we're going to break down our ranking of the Purge movies. My name is Ben Pearson. I am an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film editors Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. And BJ Colandolo. Hi, hi, hiya. All right, guys. So it's Thursday. We're going to try to do another ranking episode here. Um, you guys participated in this uh, article that's up on Slash Film right now called Every, Mo- Every Movie in the Purge Franchise Ranked from Worst to Best. Um, so let's go around the horn real quick. And you guys just tell me, like, what is your relationship like to the Purge franchise? Um, BJ, let's start with you. Oh, I'm a Purge head. I don't know if there's a word for the fandom, but if there is, I'm in that fandom. (laughs) I love the Purge movies. Um, I don't think that there is such thing as a bad Purge movie. Um, I've seen all of them in theaters. I joke constantly that one of these days I'm just going to write a book about the importance of the heavy-handed metaphors in the Purge for uh, (laughs) our declining media literate audiences. And uh, yeah, I love these movies, all of them. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, I missed the first one in theaters, but I caught it very shortly after it hit, you know, video, and I've seen the rest in theaters. Uh, the Purge movies are really interesting. They're so much better than you would imagine, or at least so much more interesting than you'd imagine. I, I agree with BJ that there aren't any bad movies, uh, and which made the ranking interesting because, with the exception of one participating writer, uh, all of us liked all the movies. So it just became this sort of uh, which ones are a little bit better than the ones that we all like. Uh, which led to, I think, a very interesting list. But to get to the, the double back, yeah, um, I think that for something as successful and as like merchandisable as the Purge, 
uh, it's it's kind of shocking that something that is what this series actually is has hit the level that it has in terms of being a, a widely seen and widely talked about horror movie franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have only seen the first two Purge movies. I did not participate in making this list. Um, something about it, I don't know. Uh, I, I just like... I enjoyed the first two movies. They were, I thought they were fine. I'm not necessarily as big of a fan of the franchise as, as you guys are. Um, but I just like never bothered to catch up. Cause it kind of felt like it just kept going like beyond, you know, the, the first um, movie was very contained and it has this terrific, like uh, amazing log line of just, you know, for, for 12 hours, all crime is legal. And that's just like such a brilliant elevator pitch for a movie. Um, and then the franchise has seemingly gotten increasingly uh, bigger in scope as these movies have gone along. Um, but I would love for you guys to talk me through sort of like the, the progression of these movies, because I think what makes them special, you know, from the outside looking in for the most part is like a, I think this is the most overtly political film franchise that's, you know, in American history, maybe. I was trying to figure out if there's anything more and like, maybe you could make a case for like, I don't know, the Star Wars franchise being political. You know, there are several franchises that are political, but this one like really, you know, wears that on its sleeve. Um, And then also, yeah, just the way that it has evolved from that really small sort of low budget premise in that first movie to what it's become in the most recent edition. So uh, I don't know. What what are your reactions to that, guys? I'll, I'll take the lead here. So I want to hand, hand it to BJ so she can give us the grand climax because she'll, she'll do a better job than me. But I think that the, the really funny thing about The Purge is that the subtext of the first movie uh, becomes text in the second film. It becomes shouted text in the third film. It becomes like Las Vegas show spotlights going everywhere sparkling off text in the fourth one before becoming like somehow even bigger in the fifth one and yet there still are people out there who claim oh they're just big stupid horror movies they're not meant to be political uh and this is i think what bg was touching about media literacy earlier because it is extremely funny how aggressively political approach movies are and how progressive they are in terms of their messaging and their, their it's very the Purge is essentially the angriest progressive horror series of all time. Let's say the, one of the angriest mainstream series of all time about it happens to be about like strangely progressive ideas, uh, like how it was in this slasher shell, and it stopped being subtle about it after movie one. Uh, BJ, uh, you clearly have opinions on this. I want you to pick up the lead here. Oh yeah, I have so many opinions on this because you're totally right in that the subtext became text because if you are, you know, a, an observant viewer in the first purge movie, you realize very quickly, oh, a lot of the people who participate in the actual act of purging are not necessarily good people. These are, you know, the the Trump's idea of America. They're blonde and they're all wearing well-tailored jackets that you would get at a fraternity rush party. Um, And they are specifically targeting a poor black man. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? We know what's going on here. But you can kind of 
believe maybe this is an isolated incident. Maybe these are just like a small amount of baddies. And then you get to the purge anarchy and the purge election year. And it's like, nope, not only is it systemic, it is government funded. And it is so in your face about it. And I think it's important that it's in your face about it because it's not giving you any wiggle room. Uh, You mentioned Star Wars earlier and how like, yeah, Star Wars has always been political, but there are still so many people who you can scream in their face, stormtroopers are based on Nazis and they're not going to hear you. You can't avoid that with the Purge movies because they literally say the government is the bad guys. This go- the American government bad. And mm-hmm. so you can't like cognitive dissonance yourself away from it. Um <laughs> and I think that that's so important because unfortunately metaphors are getting lost on people and sometimes you kind of have to beat someone over the head with it and the purge movies will do that literally and metaphorically i mean the the purge four the the first purge the prequel it's this is why i always laugh when people like insist that no it's just a dumb horror franchise it's not political stop politicizing it it's literally a movie about a right-wing authoritarian government uh authorizing a new program specifically targeted to wipe out poor black people. And the fact that yes. the purge grows from that into a much larger, like more like uh more dog whistled holiday uh, is kind of the point of it is, but, but at the core, the, it, the fourth film literally says, Hey, the purge was created specifically to get rid of low income non-whites. And mm-hmm. it's there. It, it's the text of the film. It's the plot <laughs> of the fourth purge movie. And I still encounter people who say, Oh yeah, they're just dumb movies. Why are you politicizing it? Well, why are you acting like they're trying to say something when there be a good splattery time? And I'm going, what's going on? Why is this conversation <laughs> happening? Election year is the one that always gets me too because it's like they're not subtle that this is supposed to be like a combination of like AOC and Hillary Clinton. Like it's not subtle at all. And people are like, I just, I just don't see what you see. And I'm like, do you read what's happening? <laughs> So I think you guys have done a good job of, of sort of, you know, providing a, a broad enough gist of like how the franchise has evolved. The one thing that I, because I kind of checked out of this franchise, the one thing that I don't really know is like what the, the Forever Purge is the most recent movie, right? Uh, yes. So what happens in that one? Just like broadly, you don't have to go beat by beat through the yeah. plot or anything. I guess spoilers for the Forever Purge if you are still listening and don't want to, and haven't seen these movies yet. But the basic gist is that. Uh, after the events of Purge 3, you know, there's a prequel, which is Purge 4. Uh, the Forever Purge picks up after the Purge has been outlawed. Like, the new liberal government has said, hey, this is an evil thing. We shouldn't do this. But yet, when Purge Day rolls around, uh, essentially, a mass insurrection breaks out across the country. Uh, uh, authoritarian uh, fascists, Americans, all rise up and start killing off everybody else. It becomes a, a mass civil war, overnight revolution, overnight resurrection with accidental but horrifying shades of January 6th. It couldn't, have been, it couldn't have been directly inspired by it because of the production schedule, but watching that movie uh, shortly after that, after those events was a real experience, a real trip. Hmm. And it essentially suggests, the movie, BJ can maybe say it's more eloquently than I can, but it's, The Forever Purge is very much a movie about what happens when a single bad idea uh, created to appease the worst of us stops being like just Starts stop stops being like a, a a a like game or a uh, coded message between like assholes and starts becoming uh, a, a literal movement. I mean, it really is about 
MAGA in a lot of ways. It, it, yeah. it's, it, 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 Purge is literally what happens when your bad idea to get to rally a handful of awful people turns into something that no one can stop. Uh, BJ, yeah. am I right about this? You know, you're totally right. And what also makes the Forever Purge so interesting is that in you know, the the original purge were very much in the suburbs, in the purge anarchy were in the streets, in election year were in the streets, and the first purge were on Long Island. Um, and then in the Forever Purge, we are seeing people trying to flee America into Mexico. And there's a lot of stuff going on with immigration and the way that America mistreats immigrants and the entitlement of you know white people despite the fact that like if you're white and you're american like you're not native to this land either what is wrong with you um Mm -hmm. so i like that it is constantly taking these political themes and these conversations and incorporating it into the story to showcase how it's all interconnected because a lot of times you'll hear people talk about like, Oh, I'm a one issue voter. That's a one issue voter kind of thing, but it's all connected. And the purge shows how they're all connected, which I, I I just love that. I think that it's, it's really rich storytelling and the fact that it is kind of hidden in these bombastic, violent action horror movies is really fascinating stuff because it never feels like it's going to get too heady, but it's necessary. Like it's so necessary to have that messaging. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, did you guys ever tune into the TV show? There was a, a purge show that ran, I think in 2018, 2019. Uh, and it was canceled after two seasons. Did you guys ever watch that? No, I wanted to, because I think the idea of what this world looks like between purge nights is fascinating. And I, I, I it's my fault. I'm one of the guys who didn't watch it, so I probably contributed <laughs> to it, it, it getting canceled. But I, I think there's so much interesting material to be mined from a world where you can sit there in the line at Starbucks and get mad at somebody and say, in a couple months ago, I'd find you and kill you. <laughs> I did watch it. Um, I think that it deserved to live longer. I I think people might have felt like, I don't want to say like they were getting like purge fatigue, but I do think that it it's also responsible that the real our real life was starting to look a little too close to it and i think Mm. that's what kind of tunes some folks out of it because you know like jacob said the forever purge does have blatant themes of january 6th despite that being impossible and the show did the same way especially with the amount of civil unrest we've had you know justified civil unrest we've had over the last few years Mm -hmm. um I think I think it was starting to hit a little too close to home for some people. So the last question I want to ask before we get into the ranking is, did you guys happen to see the trailer for Alex Garland's new movie, Civil War, that came out earlier this week? Yeah, it looks like Art House Purge. I say that's compliment. <laughs> it looks really good, but it looks like Art House Purge. Yeah, yeah I was going to I was going to ask if like what you thought about that movie sort of my understanding is that the Purge franchise is, is at least paused right now, if not like outright completed. Um, so I was wondering if you if you thought that that movie is sort of like taking the baton of of sort of like that movie is running because the purge walked kind of deal well i think the big difference is that the, the, the purge is a trojan horse even as it shouted things it still hid behind you know crazy slasher masks and horror violence and halloween horror nights mazes it even when even when the movies themselves were screaming its messages uh they were still largely marketed as you know a good gory time for you for, for you to come and you know cheer and hoot and holler uh, whereas Civil War is marketing itself as a movie of the moment. And that to me is really interesting. I'm curious if people respond to it, because I think I think part of the reason for the purge's success is that the Trojan horse effect of 
you don't know you're eating vegetables until you're you know halfway through a movie where people are getting hacked to death every 30 seconds uh <laughs> but yeah i'm every purge movie was a huge hit they all made money and i know jason blum certainly wants another one but uh, james demonico who wrote all of them and directed most of them uh i think i think the question is will he be up does he have anything else left to say i don't know what's left to say after Forever purge I, I don't know uh yeah that's my that's my opinion on all that yeah, I, I agree with Jacob on this. And part of me thinks we will get another Purge movie depending on the success of Civil War. <laughs> That's what mm, I think is going to happen. Yeah, I was wondering if if we might get one depending on the outcome of the next election. But, uh, but Ooh, I, I don't know. I mean... Ooh, that too. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm just like, oh, the existential crisis that just washed over my body. Sorry, uh, sorry, BJ. <laughs> yeah, the, the, we, the people who review this show and say we hate it when they get political. Uh, sorry, don't don't, don't want to star us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to to avoid it, as you know, especially talking about this franchise, which, as we mentioned, is just like so overtly political. But uh, okay, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and actually get into the ranking here. All right, so Jacob, why don't you take the reins here and just uh, walk me through how you guys made this list? Yeah, this list was assembled by uh, me, BJ, and slash reminders Bill Bria and Ryan Scott. And me, BJ, and Bill all think all five first movies are good. Uh, Ryan uh, likes all of them except for Election Year, which he was, he was adamant was the worst one. I'm still not sure why. Sorry, Ryan. Um, but yeah, we, we did the usual slash one thing where we you know had discussions in private. We submitted blind uh, ballots where we ranked them all. We did some number crunching. The most surprising thing was that uh, entries four through five were all really close. They all came with like spinning distance of each other. Uh, two through five could have gone anywhere. Uh, number one, though, was the clear and away favorite. It, it won by a, a margin that could not be beat by no way whatsoever. So as you rank these from quote unquote worst to best, note that five through two are practically tied. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Okay, so so tell me about the number five choice here. Number five, I'll hand the range over to BJ. That's uh, the first Purge, the, the prequel film, and the one where the uh, subtext grows from text uh, and into, like I said, big Las Vegas style glowing letters with spotlights. Okay, so the first Purge is my, I think I ranked it my second favorite. So then when this came out at five, I was like, y'all are dead to me. I can't believe you did this to me. Um, I love the first Purge so much. So because it is a prequel film, we are looking at the testing of the Purge. It's isolated. It is on Long Island. Uh, The government has offered a stipend to anyone who decides to stay and participate in the Purge. And anyone else, like, you're free to go. You can leave. Um, Which I thought was really fascinating because I think there's all these like monetary incentives that happen all the time. And uh, it's like, hmm, why are they, why are they really giving us money for this? I think we should be questioning this. Um, But the thing I love so much about it is that uh, like immediately people are like, this is like, you're killing poor people. Like this is what you're doing here because you're offering that monetary value. You're dangling it in front of people not unlike the way the military targets low-income areas uh, mm. promises to get people out. Um, it very much feels like a commentary on that. But what's also really fascinating is that because this is the film that really dives into the psychology behind The Purge, um, it is... <laughs> Marissa Tomei invents The Purge. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but the mindset behind it, like, there is some science to it. Like, rage rooms exist in our real life where you can just pay someone $50, put on a suit, and go, like, beat up a car and break computer monitors. Like, that's a real 
real thing that exists. And this is just a very heightened version of that, which is then immediately manipulated and turned into something horrifying. And so Mm. I love this as a prequel because I think it lays the groundwork really beautifully. And it shows that from the very beginning, people were calling this out because I think that something, especially in America, we hear all the time whenever there is like, you know, some big political unrest that happens, people are like, I can't believe this is happening. Oh my gosh, how could anyone have predicted this? And it's like, people have been screaming about this for a very, very long time. And so we're seeing that here with the first purge of even at its inception, people were calling this out for what it is. And it just sucks that it took so many more years and movies and deaths before we get to election year where they are finally like, nope, we're done now. We got to get rid of this. Yeah. The way that you're describing it kind of makes it seem like um, the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is the first purge of the Hunger Games franchise almost. There's a lot of, uh, like, what's very funny is I kind of made this as a joke, but I was also being very serious about how so many people were blown away this year by Oppenheimer of like, oh, it's this terrible thing about this man who created this thing. And then it was way worse than what he could have ever imagined. And it's like, that's Marissa Tomei in this movie. (laughs) Like, she created this thing (laughs) and then had to deal with, oh, my God, this is so much worse. This is not what I intended this for. Um, So you have that going on. But yeah, it definitely shares some some dna with uh, ballad of songbirds and snakes and again like the purge movies are just so ahead of their time <laughs> um okay so tell me about number four number four uh controversially the the, the purge the the uh the, the first movie not the first purge but the first purge movie from the OG purge. <laughs> uh the one with ethan hawk uh uh and the one that's very small it's, it's set in almost entirely in one house on Purge Night, uh, Ethan Hawke plays a, a guy who sells essentially Purge home security equipment and a homeless man on the run from being hunted by Aryan teens uh, takes refuge in his house and becomes a home invasion standoff thriller. Very small scale compared to future Purge movies. Uh, very tense. I remember at the time got pretty lousy reviews even for like a Purge movie, which I think had never been reviewed you know, especially well because I don't think people give them enough credit. But this movie is uh, so interesting because it, it's it's the only Purge movie where, 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 with the subtext. It is a home invasion movie first. It's a tense one. Ethan Hawke's really good. Uh, it invented the iconography that will later explode into so many uh, posters and merchandise and, like I said, Halloween Horror Nights event mazes where everybody just puts on a glowy mask and runs around saying, I'm a, I'm a Purge guy. And that's, <laughs> everybody knows what that means now. Uh, but... I like this movie uh, because it is so small scale. It's clearly, it's a Blumhouse production in, in the sense of you got five million bucks, you got one bankable actor, you got one house, let's do it. And I like it as a science fiction film. I like that this is clearly a suburb, a recognizable suburb like ours, but just far enough in the future uh, that there's this authoritarian government who's instituted one night of, you know, legal, legal, legal illegality, mm-hmm. uh, but close enough to ours that it's not like we're watching a Blade Runner future. We're watching a future where it's like, oh, this could be five years from now. Who the hell knows? I think that's a really first class example of low budget science fiction filmmaking, in addition to being, you know, a, a really sturdy home invasion horror film. And I think that uh, it's to me like one of the most inspire- inspiring examples of how to world build on a budget. And it's just a really effective one of those, man. I think The Purge is still a really good movie. It feels like a Twilight Zone episode. Like, that's. Yes. That's very much where the OG Purge fits for me, Um, because it's not quite tech horror the way that like a Black Mirror is, but it is that alternate reality that 
smells real close to what we've got going on in our real life. <laughs> yeah, almost a, a fable quality to it. In the best yeah. way. So number three is the purge election year. And this is the one that you mentioned where the purge is, is basically outlawed. Um, so how come this one landed sort of right in the middle of the pack for you guys? I can't speak for BJ, but I, I like the purge election year a lot. I don't know. I, I can't say for specifically why it landed here, except for that's where the numbers landed in our voting. Uh, I like this one because they bring back Frank Grillo from the second movie. The second movie is very much an ensemble piece. But Frank Grillo, the camera loves that guy. He's so, so good as weary, beaten down dad action heroes. And here he is having to uh, defend a presidential candidate on Purge Night from people who want to kill her legally before she become elected and, you know, uh, and make the Purge legal, which is her entire uh, campaign. And for me, it's all about Frank Grillo. Like, they build the entire movie around him. They build the entire movie around what he does best, which is to glower and look tired and get into fights where he barely wins. Because Frank Grillo is so good at barely winning fights in movies. He, I, I love it because he, <laughs> he, he just looks like he looks like at any moment he's gonna get he's too tired to win, and then he barely pulls it out. That's that's what, that's, that's that's Frank Grillo action, man. Um, to me, like maybe if it ranks a little bit lower because it's less of a horror movie. This is definitely for me the most action centric purge movie but it's not a complaint uh i think bill in his write-up describes it as you know feeling very much like a uh exploitation film from the 70s one that is like totally full, full of lurid action uh you know but also is smuggling into politics while, while you're enjoying all the necks getting broken hmm. uh but for me this, this is just a frank grillo show and i i'll watch a guy break necks in any movie or any genre <laughs> yeah the fact that this this absolutely is a 70s exploitation movie like it feels like each purge movie kind of is its own like horror adjacent subgenre and this this one it just it's kind of got a like a, a glossy sleaze to it that i really appreciate um and i love that this movie is just screaming hey do you know the government kills people when they're scared of them did you know that it's just great i love it <laughs> So, Jacob, do you think that the number two selection here, the Forever Purge, is uh, is properly placed on this list? How did it align with your personal ranking? Hmm. My personal ranking, I had it at number two, so it actually fell right where I ranked it. But like I said, the, the number spots two through five were all over the place in our ranking, so anything could have fallen anywhere. But this is the only purge we have only seen once, because watching it a few months after January sixth, when it opened in theaters, sitting there in a completely silent, nearly sold out theater, as you all realized, oh. This movie is about that. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it saw that coming, on it. and it's it's very it's a very expensive movie compared to the others. I don't know how much it costs compared to the others, but it has it's the kind of movie that can de- depict things that can only ever be hinted at in the earliest Purge movies. And it is a it's really chilling and upsetting and very very straightforward about its intentions and what it wants to portray. And I haven't had the stomach to watch it again, even though. I've seen all that at least two or three times. So I guess uh, Forever Purge, uh, congratulations on being the rare horror movie that I'm not sure I'll ever have the subject to watch again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also caught this one in theaters and it was uh, shortly after we were starting to get vaccinated because I'm severely immunocompromised. If I go to the theater, it's because I really want to go to the theater and I really wanted to go see a new Purge movie because I love them so much. And the like the the energy in that room was so palpable of everyone was just like oh my god how did Mm. they know because it is it's bleak and it is dark and it is 
it's just it's so upsetting <laughs> like it's so upsetting and i have rewatched it and um it only gets more upsetting jacob so if you want to rewatch it uh it's worse now um i'm, ha- I'm having a bad year I'll, I'll stay away from it for now <laughs> like not worse as in like the movie's bad but worse as in it just every day it feels more real and you're just like god damn it <laughs> Okay, so that means that the number one movie here is The Purge Anarchy, which is the second film. This is the one where I, that was the last one that I saw. Uh, I remember Frank Grillo appearing in this movie and kind of like almost doing um, like an audition for The Punisher, basically, is kind of how I saw his, <laughs> his uh, role in this, mo- in this movie. Um, I remember Michael K. Williams being a revolutionary and thinking that that was like a, a fascinating twist here. Is he a character that like continues on throughout the rest of this franchise or does he only show up in this film? So he's kind of like a political figure that we all know about. Um, he, this is his, he's more prominent here. He does show up in, I think like in passing an election. Um, but this movie is the limitless possibilities of the purge of the political revolutionaries of the government showing their face. Like they're not just people that are on TV and saying like, may God have mercy on your soul. It's like, Nope, we're in trucks and we're here. Um, Mm -hmm. That I really like you get the callback to the man from the first purge movie who has joined this, uh, you know, political revolutionary league. You have like the, the kids that are becoming radicalized by this. Um, You also have, you know, the the weird, twisted, like, nightmare scenarios of Purge happening in here of, like, I bet there are people who pay poor people to, like, sacrifice themselves so that rich people can purge within the safety of their ivory towers. That absolutely happens. And you're just, mm-hmm. like... It's like once people saw the first Purge movie and then started thinking of all of the different ways that the Purge could exist, the Purge anarchy went, yeah, fuck it. Sorry, I swore. (laughs) (laughs) But the Purge went, yeah, screw it. Throw them all in here. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Jacob, do you have any any closing thoughts on um, the Purge anarchy or or these movies as a whole? I mean, it's not surprising to me the Purge anarchy was our favorite and like it was a runaway one because it's the one that just hits all the buttons. It, uh, all of the things that you imagined happening in the first purge because everyone was so small are brought out and trotted out here. And it just does a really impressive job of expanding that world. And I think it's a really well-made movie for its budget. And, and I think that it does a really wonderful idea, a uh, wonderful way of serving its ideas and placing them with an action and horror. I mean, it's just the, the one purge movie that seems to, to check every box you'd want out of a purge movie without uh, getting as, as simple as the first movie or as, uh, bleak as the, as the fifth one. It, it's probably the most fun out of the five movies, to be honest. Nice. It is. And like a point that I made in my write-up is that Lakeith Stanfield's in this movie and he doesn't really talk. Like he's masked this whole movie and it doesn't bring the movie down. Like you have a performer that is that good and he's kind of like just a masked weirdo in this. Like that is a testament to how good this movie is, is that you did not need him to come in and save the day. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, uh, so I guess I'll, I'll leave with this this one question. Would you guys be interested in seeing more Purge movies? It kind of sounds like the answer is yes. But like, do you think that, you know, as these five films exist sort of in amber right now, is this like a, a good statement for what, you know, the totality of what these movies can be? Or do you think that there's actually more room to to sort of explore this world further? Tentative, yes, because the fifth one has such a definitive conclusion to uh 
America as a concept. Um, but I, I do have my um, my personal pitch. If anybody ever asks me in a bar, hey, what what, what you doing in a sixth Purge movie? I have my idea, but I don't want to put it out here. I mean, Jason Blum, you can give me a call. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I also have one, and I will put it out just because I've already tweeted it, so it's already on the record anyway. Um, I want to see a Purge movie that acknowledges the fact that we have been raising generations of kids with school shooter drills who know how to survive. Um <laughs> I want I want that. I want that movie. I want wow. Gen Z uh going, "Oh, you thought you could take us all out purge night? Well, you've also trained us how to win." So, suck it. <laughs> That's what that I want. It actually sounds pretty awesome. I mean, like kind of horrifying and sad uh because of the the real reality there and the commentary there, but like also kind of awesome for like an exploitation style movie. So, Right. Uh, I think it'd be and I've had to teach school shooter drills. It's the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. It uh, I have nightmares about it. Um so I would like to see that on screen. So, you know, Jason Blum, call me. What's up? Yeah, there you go. Okay, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of the show. You can find much more about the Purge movies at SlashFilm.com. SlashFilmDaily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe to our newsletter. There's a link for that in the show notes. Send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at bpearson at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.